Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This podcast is brought to you by Texture.com. Check it out. You can get any magazine you want digitally, offline, or online. Basically, People call it the Netflix of magazines. You can download it to any device. And good magazines, too, not just some random ones. You get Entertainment Weekly, ESPN, Sports Illustrated, Traveler, uh, Shape, Bon Appetit if you like to cook, Vanity Fair. Check it out in our show notes. Again, texture.com. That helps us out keeping this podcast free for everyone. And their offer right now is you can read all summer long. Well, I know summer's halfway over by now, but three months for just $10 long. Just check our show notes and uh, give texture.com a try. Now on to the show. All right, folks. It has been a while. Jeremy Moss here for the uh, daily podcast like I've done before, 10, 15, maybe 20 minutes if I'm pushing it. We've now got our ducks in a row over at collegefootballnews.com. Our content, um, same URL, collegefootballnews.com backslash MWCWire. I believe we're soon going to have MWCWire.com, but at the moment, don't go there. Just go to collegefootballnews.com. Our stuff's on the homepage. Twitter, MWCWire. And we're back doing these uh, daily-ish podcasts. We've got Media Day coming up in about a week or so, but that's not what we're going to talk about today. A couple of uh, news and notes. I'm only going to stick with uh, two main topics today because I don't want this too long. And, heck, it really, I'm tired. It's sort of late, so I want to get kind of get this going and get back in the groove of doing these podcasts for you. Subscribe to our feed, blogtalkradio.com. Same stuff, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, we're all there as well. It's called Mountain West Wire for those who are new. Thank you for listening, finding us at CFN. If it's your first time hearing me, again, Jeremy Moss here. This is, We're trying to do these pretty much every day, 10 to 20-minute podcast. We're still doing our weekly stuff as well with our season previews ongoing. And also, if you like our work here, what we're doing, we have a few perks, a little extra stuff we're doing over at Patreon as well. If you go to patreon.com backslash MWCWire, give us a buck. Like me and Matt kind of say, uh, you don't need guac. Well, guacamole is pretty big to give up, but do you really need the super, super gigantic soda or fancy latte? Just hook us up, buck a month. There's some perks we'll do, but we're not asking for too much. Visit our site, download the podcast. That's great as well. Just if you want to say, hey, I like these guys. I like their hot takes. I like their insight analysis. Head over to Patreon as well. That's pretty cool. But say the two main topics. One happened over the weekend, and it's just kind of baseball season's going on. You have Air Force head coach Troy Calhoun hanging out with Colorado head coach uh, Mike McIntyre, and the playoff came up. And you've probably seen this everywhere, and I wrote a piece on it over at CFN, but I wanted to expound upon it because that was kind of more of a straight shot piece, not a ton of analysis, insights. Basically, Troy Calhoun wants a playoff before the playoff. There's been the talk with Northern Illinois' athletic director about having a complete, completely separate, all-by-itself group of five playoff. Hasn't provided too many details about it. Maybe four teams, maybe eight teams. I, who knows? Kind of a, honestly, it's like a, subdivision playoff you have the big boys power five sec big 12 pac 12 and then you get oh mountain west and american and mac are playing for the runner-up or whatever you want to call it there's not too many fans of that idea most coaches everywhere ad's outside of maybe a couple 
saying it's a bad idea. Well, Troy Calhoun has a little different approach, which sort of like, but not really like. He wants an 18 playoff, which would be nice. All five uh, power teams get in there as a champion. You get a couple of at-large spots and then one spot for the group of five. As we know right now, you get the uh, champion of the group of five in the computer, not computers, excuse me, old BCS terminology. The playoff committee picks the highest rated team. They get to go to the big money bowl game. Well, instead of doing that for an 18 playoff, Calhoun suggests have a four-team playoff within the group of five. This is at a baseball game, so we didn't expound upon it too much, but similar to the main playoff where you play two more games, then you get into the field probably that's eighth spot, maybe seventh spot if you're lucky. Then you get into the field. You Basically, you can play your way in, which think about it. Oh, that'd be pretty cool. More football, great. But there's a, a lot of logistical stuff with it outside of extending the season. Because even if you were to start the season like there this year, there's week zero games. You play the last week of August. You go. You finish the regular season. A championship weekend would now be pushed up a week to say Thanksgiving weekend. And then you have all of December to figure out. But you got two games, group of fives. Then a 18 playoff, which is a bunch of more games. And it could be potentially 18 games if you're from group of five 19 if you have the hawaii exemption most likely mountain west schools take advantage of that more often than not too many games man i know it's student athletes you joke oh it's free education all that stuff but there's an injury concern that's a long season playing football that many games compared to if you're in the sec you play your 12 games uh 13 title game you go to the playoff with 18s you're already sitting at 13 games you play a couple more still a lot for them as well but not compared to two more for the group of five I kind of floated out there, maybe one game for the group of five, but even then, that's still kind of uh, not fair due to, again, injuries, depth issues, already a concern at schools like uh, Nevada, Boise State, Temple, South Florida. It, I like the idea, and McIntyre, who's there with him, he's like, well, the season's so long as it is, yet he immediate, immediately counters, well, if we're in the playoff, I, I'm all for it. And so I don't think that scenario would happen where you have like a pre-playoff to get in, but my stance forever has been 10 conference champs, six at large, home team, or higher CD gets uh, at least two home games, or first two rounds are at home. You could still do the thing where you move the season back a little bit, like I said, the first week of August, last week of August, and then you end the championship games by Thanksgiving weekend, which would be pretty cool. Then you still you can kind of um, put together the playoff, uh, give a couple weeks off during during Christmas, maybe goes to the middle of January, can still figure out those extra games, bowl games mixed in as well. That's ideal, but I don't know. Eight team with just a best group of five. If they get in, that's fine as well. Anything's better than four. Because Bill Hancock's already said at multiple media days, or I think just SEC, but over the past years, regular season sacred to us, which which it is. But if there's home field advantage to fight over, if you're getting a seven seed or eight, nine seed fighting for that spot, it gets everybody a chance. Yeah, if Alabama hosts South Alabama, yeah, Alabama would win probably 38-10, to 10, but you get it at home, you could, you're not risking injury, and that's your reward for being higher up. Doing your conference, yeah, at worst you'd beat 8 or 9, but you're fighting to get in there. But that that's my ideal scenario. Maybe it's, I've seen some 12-team models out there, but it was just interesting to see some summer playoff talk by Troy Calhoun, and it's a bit different, and it's good that they're having these conversations, want to expand the playoff, because... Again, it's in a 12-year contract right now. They say four teams. Hancock's always said 
Four teams is good. Four teams is good. Well, two teams is good forever as well, and he's in charge of the BCS. So once money starts flying in, it may expand to six or eight teams, like bracket creep or whatever you want to call it. But that's the thing where it's going to happen eventually because it's not inherently fair that – not that everybody needs to get in and participate, but nearly every other NCAA sport has – a way to be into the uh, tournament, college basketball. You got the uh, yeah, you have the sixty-eight teams of the, the two playing games of Dayton, but you're in the field. I follow water polo a lot, and it's kind of weird. They've added some new conferences, but every conference champion gets it. It may not be in the final four, but there's I believe uh, two games before. There's like I think seven or eighteen. I forget how they do it, but there's like one or two games before the final four at the main tournament, but you're in the field somehow. So there's going to be a way, because right now there's not, if you're a conference champ from the American or Mountain West, yeah, you might get to the big money bowl game, but you're not in the playoff or not included. And I could go for a look at the Big 12. They've got shut out a couple of times. That's a possibility. So it's just fun to talk about the playoff stuff, but like hearing different ideas, and it's a different idea, which is nice. All right, next topic, the American Conference. I know this is a Mountain West show, but we're going to talk the American today. Again, only two topics on this uh, morning. Uh, hopefully, on your commute or something, bike ride. Um, if you're taking the train or bus or whatever to work, you're maybe liking what I'm saying. I'd appreciate it if you did. But the American Conference, we heard about, and we talked about this before, the Power Six. Their hashtag for at there they made a while back, but now they're at Media Days over there, which is a pretty cool. And they got the clam bake and stuff. That's always nice. We got the P6 golf balls. They're changing the hashtag Power Six with the E as a six. Like, and there's jokes to be had. And like I said before, you can't fault the American for trying to get there because the Mountain West was close. And if you look back at it officially, they should have been included in the, in the BCS because there is an actual tangible criteria to be met. If you're, I forget the exact numbers, but they were above the Big East, above the ACC in certain categories. And overall, they were high enough to be considered, but we knew that was never going to happen. That's not the case with the American or the playoff. There's no power six, no invite for a potential team. Maybe if the if the uh, when the, if the Big Twelve ha- something happens to them when the new playoff or excuse me new television deal comes up in what 2025, so half a decade down the road, there could be some noise or something happening with that league, and that could change college football once again forever. But here's the thing: reading over at CBS Sports, and you got a SEC uh, boy there, Barrett Sale. Sal, they're pretty Sale. I don't want, I don't think it's Sally, but Barrett Sale there. Fairly new to them. Covered SEC at other places before. Like Bleacher Report, I believe. Uh, he has a podcast of some SEC country stuff, I believe. But here's the thing. He's running about media days over to American, which it's just fine and dandy. But And I do like, again, I do like the American that they're trying to do something. Because Craig Thompson, what are you doing? I'm not going to be at media days this year. I was already in Vegas once recently. Not able to head back once again. But somebody needs to ask. I put it out there. I know somebody's like, hey, ask him. What are they doing to promote the league? If they say, oh, we're doing stuff internally, it's like blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, make it public. People want to know. Yeah, there's jokes to be had about the American with the P6 thing. It's not going to happen. But they're getting their name out there, which is good. And that's a good plan to do, even though it's a, it's a honestly, it's a joke. It's not going to happen. But here's the thing about the article I was looking about. He was goes on to say about benefit of the doubt. He says the American has that benefit of the doubt right now. And he mentioned Houston, which Cougars, great eat couple of years. With Ed Oliver there now is probably one of the best defenders in the country. As a sophomore coming up, they had Greg Ward Jr. did great things. But, yeah, they did beat Florida State in the Peach Bowl, which is amazing. Getting into a big money bowl game. Again, second after Boise State did year prior with the rookie coach. But whatever, who's counting? 
And they beat Oklahoma early in the year. Then they stumbled out the gate. Then I think they ended up beating Louisville again late in the year. But, yeah, they shut down Lamar Jackson. And that, that's great and all. Like, he says they have the benefit of the doubt. He mentions the things like Paxton Lynch at Memphis, yes. Or then he mentions how that helped uh, Justin Fuente get the Virginia Tech job. Or you see Tom Herman go from Houston to Texas. That's great. It's like a stepping stone. But what benefit of the doubt are they really getting? Because out of any school from the group of five, Boise State rightfully or wrongfully gets that benefit of the doubt nearly every single time. When you look at who they're playing, they always mention, oh, you see, they, when they beat up on Adrian Peterson, Oklahoma, when they played TCU in a big money bowl game, or even the Poinsettia Bowl, uh, when they're beating, uh, like I said, Oregon, beating Old Miss, or uh, who was it, the Georgia Dome, yeah, down there in SEC country, which he should be aware of, they went out there and beat Georgia pretty good. And he's like, oh, it's, it's, it's conference pride, chant SEC, it's the same thing. I don't think it's the same thing one bit, because... The American, yeah, she's most of the former Big East in there, but what have they really done? Because he cherry-picked some stats here. Like, I know he mentioned Temple host Notre Dame and got the uh, game day, which is, again, very – I'm not downplaying them, but him saying they get the benefit out is not entirely true because he goes through and mentions last year, and I was going to bring this up as well before I, I wanted to read through this one more time. He goes on to mention that when um, Western Michigan was atop of the uh, group of five standings, this is after the Boise loss. So remember, this is after the Boise loss. So he picks out week 14, where Boise already lost to Air Force, so they're out of the running for the uh, conference title game in the Mountain West and no longer consideration for the group of five big money game. He points out, yeah, well, Navy was just two spots behind Western Michigan and when Houston faltered. But Houston was already, like, I mean, I'm looking at that week 14 rankings. You had Houston 24, yeah. You had Navy 19. Houston wasn't going to get in at 9-3. and three. They lost to Memphis. But then you have Navy sitting there at 9-2, moved up a bunch of spots after they uh, beat SMU. Two spots behind Western Michigan, who was 17. And there could have been a wrench in there had Navy gone on to uh, beat Temple and do a few other things, but that didn't happen, and the Broncos of Western Michigan did great. But you fail to realize, if you go back to week 13, this is my big point I've made for a lot of people, and maybe it could have changed once you're undefeated because you get humans... Uh, Voting, not computer rankings here, but week 13 last year, Boise State 19, just coming off a victory over UNLV, moves up one spot from 20 to 19. They're one spot ahead of Houston, 9 and 2, and Western Michigan 11 and 0, still sitting at 21 after a shutout victory over Buffalo. So, yes, Houston was above, and part of it was they beat number five Louisville, but Houston, I think at this point, was already out of the consideration for their division due to uh, tiebreakers and whatnot. But Boise, again, one loss, 19. Who knows how they beat Air Force and gone on to go to the title game beating a very good San Diego State team. Again, hypothetical speaking here. Would they still be above Western Michigan? There are already two spots here. Maybe the humans who vote in the in the uh, playoff poll would have uh, reconsidered and autocorrect or whatever. Western Michigan, oh, they're 13. No, we got to be above Boise State. But who, who doesn't? I'm not sure. Houston got the benefit of the doubt because they started the year high, which, again, deservedly so beating Florida State the year before, beating Houston to start the season. But they lost some games in the season. And we look at the end of the year, the final week, Western Michigan finished a regular season at 16, three spots higher. Or excuse me, that's Western Virginia, sorry. 15, um, which is a few spots higher than Boise State. And so would Boise State have been 15, then 16? I, I don't know. But at that point, two weeks prior, Boise State with one loss ahead of Western Michigan. And so he goes on to say in the rest of his article a bit, well, because, again, Tulsa, we've previewed Tulsa in some of our stuff where they're going to have a good quarterback. 
um, good offense going to that into, into the American Conference can make some noise. And Houston, again, even though I don't think Houston will be as good new head coach, um, no more Greg Ward Jr. at Oliver. Can't do everything. He'll do a lot, but not every, everything. And he mentioned South Florida. Here's the team we get at. South Florida will – and he, again, Terry Pickett stats, and it's kind of annoying because he's like, you have Athlon, Sporting News, college, even our guys at College Football News, the Pete Futak we write with, SB Nation, all going off of Las Vegas wins. So it's he makes it seem like all these publications are in agreement that American is the best right now. Well, yeah, that's for at least excuse me, at least South Florida is considered the best, and I would say that as well. They'd be number one because schedules again mediocre. They play San Jose State, the American Conference. Well, it, it's good. It's obviously it's not bad, but and there's some trip uh, pitfalls that could happen there. But it's their non-conference schedules is paper thin. And the reason that people, every website is putting them at the top for the group of five is schedule and because, oh, they're going off of, keyword, Las Vegas win totals. And so there's, it's a betting line, obviously, so they want what people are going to go either way to say, oh, we want to put money on this action, so they want you to bet on it. So that's why these win totals, some seem a bit off, but yeah, they want money on there. And that it's this is not, say, sort of, it's, Doing these bowl projections, yeah, you got to have some guesswork and opinion here. But if you're considered the best team by Vegas for a group of five, or look at Alabama, they're considered for the playoff because of their, I think it's 10.5 win total. Yeah, they're going to be in there. So it's not a stretch to say, oh, South Florida's there. But they're there because of what these experts that, who put out the betting line say that. So it's not like these all these different websites had their own thoughts, say, oh, we're going to pick South Florida. Not that they, they may anyways, but my point is they're – the keyword that oh picking numbers you know off of Vegas's win totals well yeah if they're projected to win ten wins and San Diego State Boise nine or whoever from the MAC eight and a half or West Middle Tennessee State Western Kentucky or Troy x amount of wins yeah they're gonna go with the team with the projected highest win total that's I would do that anybody would do that but then again it's warranted because they have Quinton Flowers and fifteen other starters back on this team that won eleven games last year they do have a new head coach in Charlie Strong but here's another thing that kind of irks me about this article is like well. What if they get upset by Tulsa or Houston? Who's next in line? His assumption is it's Houston or Tulsa to be for the uh, group of five lead candidate. And maybe I'm biased a bit, which, you know how it is. I always say I'm biased against your team. And I'm going to wrap it up here because I don't want this to be way too long because it should only be about 15 minutes and we're doing two topics. And I'm at 17 minutes here already. Thanks for sticking with me, folks, if that's the case. But... San Diego State has the schedule to do it. Colorado State has the schedule to do it. Boise State has the schedule to do it, where they could have a loss and still be in the mix. Colorado State plays in their non-conference schedule. Yes, they go to Alabama. Even a loss, I would argue, even the loss to, to Alabama, if they're 11-1 in the Mountain West, they go 12-1 winning. Say they beat San Diego State, who has a good chance to win 10 wins or get 10 games or whatever, 10 victories if I could speak tonight. Better chance in undefeated South Florida due to who they play, because strength of schedule is a big deal, especially if, say, CSU plays Bama somewhat close, even 28-10, that's, that's respectable, and CSU ha- should have a great offense, they should have a great defense, a lot of players are back in that team, one of the best receivers in the country, Michael Gallup, then you go to Boise, Brett Rippin, one of the best quarterbacks out west, could go to the draft, get maybe not Josh Allen hyped to be picked top 10, but be in the NFL, yeah, they have, they have some holes here and there in Boise State, but they play teams on the schedule. They get Washington State. They play. And then back to CSU, they play another P5 team, Oregon State. Not great, but they get to play them. San Diego State plays Stanford and Arizona State. So I can see any of those teams. I don't see why it's default the Americans to say, oh, they're the American. They're the backup no matter what if the favorite falls. 
not saying that's not the case, but that shouldn't. They don't deserve the benefit of the doubt at all. Because again, look at Navy last year; they lost. Houston lost in conference. Conference is tough. It's it is better than Mountain West in some aspects, but the Mountain West. Look at the Mountain Division, man. You got Wyoming, who might take a step back, it potentially could get fourth in the conference. You got CSU, you got Boise, you got Air Force, who always gives teams trouble. You got Utah State with Kent Myers, who could do something decent. New Mexico and football, Bob, running the ball crazy over everybody. And so I just kind of, the P6, I get it. It's kind of a joke, but they're doing something. Those articles say the Americans earn the benefit of the doubt. Benefit of the doubt is when Boise State struggles to, they go undefeated in 04, don't get in because Utah's undefeated. They have to struggle. They're a huge underdog versus, versus Oklahoma. Boise State has earned the respect. There's a reason I don't think it's accurate that they should be a top 25 team to start the year. That should probably go to SDSU or maybe I, I lean if people hear me to CSU. But college football get history is there. Benefit, benefit of the doubt. Boise has it. The American doesn't. Houston didn't get the benefit of the doubt because they beat Florida State. They got it because they were good that year and got the ranking high because of potential. That's how it is, but Boise hasn't been through the Mountain West Conference title game in a couple years. They'll still be the only Mountain West team ranked or close. They'll, I guarantee you they're going to be the closest team ranked or will be ranked when the season begins for the preseason polls. You won't, you'll see some votes for CSU and SDSU, but Boise's always there, even if they have a blip on the radar for, say, a 9-win season or 10-win season, which isn't what fans like to hear. That's very good, but not their norm of winning the division, going to a title game, dominating in the WAC, or going to big-time bowl games. Boise has earned that respect. Houston, not quite yet. No other American team has. And so these are this particular article, it's kind of, like you can tell, I'm getting heated a little bit. It's just it's kind of nonsense. Like, come on, they don't have earned the benefit of the doubt of what? Yeah, the conference, the conference overall, maybe. But I can't, I shouldn't say guarantee. Well, if uh, Tulsa upsets uh, South Florida, oh, they're in the driver's seat. Well, maybe if Tulsa's undefeated at that point or one loss later in the year when they play, yeah, I can see that, but... Shouldn't be guaranteed. Oh, you lose, so next AC, AAC team up, you're in. So, that's my thoughts on that. I may have a written piece on it as well, but this is long enough here for today. So, again, check us out. We're at collegefootballnews.com backslash MWC Wire. Check us out there. Facebook, same thing, Mountain West Wire. Twitter, MWC Wire. We want a lot of followers. To, uh, we're building up this page again because we couldn't keep our old Twitter handle, unfortunately. Still great content. Everybody's still hanging out with us. Again, we've got a newsletter as well. So, if you're listening to this, Odds are you're within the newsletter, so thanks for subscribing to that. Head over to our Patreon page, MWCY there. If you feel generous, want to give us a buck or two a month, we'd appreciate it. You, hey, if you do that, you can take part in our Power Poll, our pre, all-conference preseason stuff, those type of things. Get some input on the podcast. Uh, maybe join us if uh, things go right during one of these uh, random shows. And I'm back, going to be doing these near – I don't want to say every Monday through Friday, but most days I'll be doing this, going over news and notes typically – I'll go topic to topic to topic, but today with that American piece coming out, the playoff stuff from Troy Calhoun went a little bit long, more than when I wanted to a little bit. So, yeah, usually it's bouncing around, but yeah, 21 minutes here. It's time to go, guys, and once again, yes, we are biased against your team.